Kidsport Calgary would like to recognize a partner, Elevate Lacrosse. Join Elevate Lacrosse, Canada's leader in youth lacrosse development. Registration is now open for the Elevate Winter Training Program, directed and coached by National Lacrosse League players, providing the highest level of indoor box instruction. Get registered today at www.elevatelacrosse.com. Sport Calgary presents the Face First Podcast with your hosts, Alicia Rissling and Grace Defoe. And here they are sliding right on in, Grace and Alicia. Welcome to Kidsport Presents Face First. I'm Grace and I have my co-host, Alicia, over here. And uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off a little bit there. And uh, we have our first guest. Do you want to introduce our first guest? Well, I'm going to let him introduce himself. But uh, we have with us today the head of Kidsport Calgary, Kevin Webster. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is fantastic. (laughs) Well, you're here on one of our, our, you're our first guest for our Kidsport podcast. And so we thought it was natural to bring the big boss in. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Starting, I hear you have some awesome stories to tell us. And then how that led you into getting involved with Kidsport? Sure. Um... I guess kind of a uh, roundabout way. I grew up with sports as part of my life um, right from day one. I had two brothers, and our parents worked hard to make sure we had every kind of opportunity we had to try whatever sports we chose to. Um, and I was able to uh, take part in, in a lot of those. and met um, many of my friends that I still have today, and sports uh, is a huge part of who I am as a, as a person. Um, so when the Kidsport opportunity came up in 2014, it was a no-brainer. Um, but to get me there, I, I uh, went to university in Ottawa uh, at the University of Ottawa and wasn't sure um, what I was going to do when I graduated. I moved what back home. What uh, Bachelor of Science in Human Kinetics. Oh, uh, I moved, moved back home to uh, Peterborough to start to work at the butcher shop that I'd worked in since I was 12 years old. Um, I was quite happy there. I I could still go back and work there tomorrow, Mm -hmm. um, have no issues with it. I always loved it. Um, But I I wanted to pursue something else and see where I could go in in the sport world. So I'd been looking at opportunities. Um, And I got an internship with uh, DC United in in Major League Soccer. So I moved to Manassas, Virginia with uh, three other Canadian guys. And uh, we did all the, you know, grassroots and um, soccer skills camps for the players to come out to. We'd set up and tear down, and and uh, you talked about some fun stories. Um, we got to rotate as the mascot through all the different community events. So, what um, does the mascot look like? Yeah, uh, he, he is too. an eagle. He's called Talon. Um, DC United's um, been around MLS um, almost right from the get-go. Uh, they they played their home games at RFK Stadium, so as a sports fan, um, being able to see that was pretty cool. Their fans are insane. They're so passionate and a little scary to be around when you're the mascot. Um, <laughs> but my, my four months uh, culminated in uh, in being the mascot for the 1999 uh, MLS Cup Final. So um, I was telling as the DC United played the LA Galaxy, uh, I got to dance, uh, not with, but in front of Christina Aguilera during the halftime show. Um, Come on. And, and our team won the championship, so I got to beat up the Galaxy mascot a couple times throughout <laughs> the game, uh, which was fun. And it was, I think it was 40 degrees that day. And uh, Just leaking in Talon was an old school mascot <laughs> suit. There was no fans or extra ventilation. Uh, 
I'm not a big guy, but I lost uh, any uh, extra weight I had that day for <laughs> sure. But it was, it was a ton of fun and kind of springboard to just opportunities in sport. Uh, from there, I moved to uh, running the Vanya Cup for five years in uh, Skydome for three of them at the time. And then the first outdoor uh, Vanya Cup was uh, Iverwin uh, for quite some time. So we moved to partner with the Ticats for my last two years. And I also worked at uh, Wilfrid Laurier University um, for three of those years running their football stadium and all their home athletic events. So it really kind of gave me a baseline for um, amateur sport, the university system, and just different opportunities that may present themselves um, for me in my career, uh, which led for me moving to Calgary. I took a job in 2005 with Hockey Canada. Um, I was part of their marketing and events team. I was there for almost nine years and got experience uh, working on World Juniors and um, Women's Worlds, RBC Cups, and I got to places in Canada that I would have never went um, on my own. but met some of the best people in this country that are so passionate about their communities from Prince George, BC, and Victoria to Summerside, PEI, and 100 places in between from Dauphin, Manitoba, and Humboldt, Saskatchewan. Um, so many great memories and just really people that love sport uh, and really community, and that's um, what led me to this. Um, the kids sport opportunity came up, and... I didn't know a lot about kids sport at the time um, and once I learned more and got to meet the board and and understand in Calgary what kids sport meant to them and our community uh, from day one here in 1995 the group you know their focus was always if there's a kid who needs us let's find a way to help them um, and uh, I've loved every minute of it I learn more every day um, and there's so much more still to be done so um, looking forward to more years ahead um, with the team here. Absolutely. And this is a pretty special year for kids sport because this is the 25th year um, since its inception and it's come a long way. And do you want to talk maybe a little bit about our recent partnership with the Flame Sports Big? Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 1995, a group of volunteers uh, wanted to take the lead from what happened in BC. Uh, sport BC started kids sport there a couple years earlier. And um, two of those volunteers, um, a luge athlete, Kathy Salmon, Um, And Kelly Blackshaw, um, Kathy was hired to be the first staff person. um, And Kelly Blackshaw was one of the volunteers to get it off the ground. They're on our 25th anniversary committee. They're still volunteering with Kids Sport today, which is extremely cool. Um, 92 kids in Calgary were provided sport opportunities that year that um, otherwise would have maybe not played. And, uh, yeah, 25 years later, we um, have seen a lot happen in, in my six years. There's seen a lot happen I think 30,000 kids in those six years we've been able to help 92 um, to 30,000 participate in sport Um, the you know speaking of the the sports bank in 2014 uh, we helped get off the ground with uh, Sport Calgary the Hockey Canada Foundation Hockey Calgary uh, the Western Hockey League um, the first sports bank here in Calgary taking the lead of what had been in Edmonton, um, your hometown, Alicia, that has been around for 28 years now, which is Sports Central. Bill Comrie, who is the owner of the Brick, and helped get that organization off the ground. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. I went trick or treating his house every year. <laughs> yeah. As, as Bill says, you know, I'm a guy who lives in California and grew up in Edmonton. Why isn't there one of these in Calgary? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and Bill put up. $500,000 as the founder um, to make sure the operations could get off the ground here um, 
and now you know they're in their sixth year uh, I think over 18,000 kids have been helped with no cost equipment um, and now Kids Board and the Calgary Flames Sports Bank um, are now partnered under one board and uh, we operate as one organization in, in uh, merging together in October of 2019 to provide our families and, and the community just uh, quicker access and more efficient access to the two main barriers, um, keeping kids from sport and that's cost of equipment and cost of registration fees. So, I mean, Alicia, we both know how expensive sport equipment can be you have been through multiple sports as a kid and I imagine a bobsled now isn't that cheap well yeah I don't think we're gonna get any kids buying a $91,000 bobsled like I did but we do know that um, the cost of anything from skates to even just purchasing like shin pads or whatever sport that it is you're playing like in and and even the fees associated with being involved with a a community sport um, they're just sometimes they just can't make those ends meet and so that's why kids sport is so important to be able to help as many kids as we can I think in our community yeah I think it's so important and to have the equipment piece as well is just has been awesome with to partner with kids sport because I agree it's great you can get into the sport but you still need to buy skates mm-hmm. you know shin pads hockey all the pads or like for cleats any, whatever cleats, whatever, yeah. whatever sport it is absolutely I don't my first is always oh yeah hockey all the hockey mm-hmm. equipment so expensive yeah. but I know lots of other sport equipment is is quite uh quite expensive so what a great partnership yeah um kev what would you say your favorite part about kids sport is do you think it's the events we get to run or would you say it's more just the daily operations what do you what do you value the most about it uh great question i, I was just asked this uh yesterday um one of our partners friday Sockco. um they do a donation program with us every year and they're writing a blog kind of on kids sport and um, and they ask, what, what do you kind of love about it? What, you know, what is kids sport to you? And I, I think, you know, we talk about it in our office all the time. Sometimes we don't celebrate it enough, but a- every day we change someone's life by giving them an opportunity to participate in sport, either through the fees or, or equipment. And, and to have that in the back of your head, how can you not be motivated to get up and go to work and, and know that these families have many other struggles in their life that, um, to be able to say yes to some registration fees or to get them some skates or um, a new helmet, whatever that might be, um, makes the parent's job obviously that much easier but is a game changer for the kid that um, maybe otherwise thought they weren't going to be able to play. And, and it's an, an equalizer um, for these kids that you know already know they're in a different situation than many other kids to be able to walk into a dressing room uh, with a bag full of gear and know that you're just like your peers and it doesn't matter where it came from. but you're able to get out there and play. I'm wondering, with COVID all happening in the last few months, has, how has that impacted, I guess, kids' sport in itself? And is there an increased need in the city right now for registration fees and equipment? Or how is COVID in fact affecting sport in Calgary right now? Yeah, and I think as we look at it, we, you know, at first we were trying to figure out, you know, why there wasn't an increase in terms of people reaching out to us as sport started to reopen in June. Um, so we, we, we surveyed our families and sport clubs, um, but I think as we get the information back, we you know quickly understand that there's there's more to it. We know there's less families or more families that are out of work. There's more families that have their income affected, and that's across the board. There's families that never expected to have two unemployed parents that are now um, both unemployed, and single parents that had a job that are now you know on a decreased salary or or out of work. Uh, there's many of those stories. Um, but when it comes to sport, the community is impacted 
um, even bigger because to meet new guidelines as you come back, some sport clubs haven't been able to reopen. Uh, some sport clubs, majority of sport clubs are operating at a lower capacity, so there's less spots for kids, less opportunities. Um, and then the cost of trying to meet guidelines um, is, you know, something that many sport clubs can't take on on their own, so the cost of sport is, is going up at the same time. The, um, you know, an anecdotal story with that is the CBE and the Calgary Catholic Board aren't running their gyms out. So if you're a, a community basketball program or indoor soccer or volleyball and you were able to rent the gym at 50, 60 bucks an hour or some places, now you're going to private facilities or more expensive facilities and that cost is going to go back on, on athletes. And those are just an increase to barriers that, you know, we don't want to see, but it's just the reality of, of what COVID um, has had. Would you say, based on some of the surveys that you got back and, and some of the families just saying, like, we don't have the opportunity to play because our league doesn't exist anymore, do you have any idea, like, what percentage of, of community leagues and, and baseline program, grassroots programs are running? Do you not have any idea what the numbers are? Yes, yeah, Sport Calgary did a survey as well on what clubs, and I think it was 20% of clubs um, thought they might only have six months of runway to maintain current operations without new registrations coming in. Mm -hmm. um, from our family standpoint, there's um, over 30% aren't ready to go back to sport because of new COVID guidelines and they're just yeah. anxiety around uh, their health and well-being of their kids. Uh, and then in, in general, um, you know, a lot of our sport clubs, um, you know, our families have told us that their sports hasn't even returned yet. So um, that percentage isn't as high. But if if you were committed to one sport and um, now maybe it opens doors to them trying other sports, um, but those are the things they're used to. And that's what's in their regular schedule that, you know, now they don't have and they don't have that outlet, you know, after school or on weekends and trying to find new spots because the limited spots is, is difficult. Yeah, I even think about um, in schools right now that obviously PE, like physical education, has to be a, an issue as well. And I think my, my worry is like, what are we, are kids going to be less active coming out of this and, and less fit in terms of wanting to pursue sport? Or like, or are they going to come out better from, this, from the time off of sport? I, I'm curious to see what the impact is on kids' physical literacy and their willingness to pursue sport. That's a good point because even now, th that is a big worry because everybody's like, well, we're trying to keep socially distant. We're not supposed to be, you know, limiting the amount of people we're around and maybe you're not out playing at the playground and doing the things that, you know, kids are supposed to be doing or, you know, getting those soccer practices in or whatever it may be. And that might lead to more even, we, we know the impact that physical um, activity has on our, our mental um, well-being I'd say so sure. like the the long-term impacts of this could be way more astronomical than we're even accounting for yeah I guess time will tell but I know that's what I'm concerned about yeah. and I, I think we we're lucky we got shut down for the nicest months of the year right when people were isolated and at home if if we're isolated during the winter time kids getting out uh, I have two kids at home and we were on bike rides or scooter rides, and mm -hmm. being active in the summer is is easy, but getting all your stuff on to go out when it's minus 20 um, <laughs> is a bit tougher conversation, right? And um, I, I was going to maybe throw to you guys, consider your high school uh, days if you didn't have sport, and and that's what kids are going to see this year, right? There's, I, there's no uh, high school And, sport. like, even just from a, a standpoint, just putting myself in, like, a, 
a grade 11 or 12 athletes position when they they don't have the sport how are they going to get the looks for those colleges or um i'm my boyfriend's a pro hockey player so and he's really involved with um guys going into the the alberta junior level and and like they're not having a season this year at all so they're not getting the looks for college and that sort of deal so it's really just it starts from the bottom but it goes all the way up and it's affecting people's lives and careers and um, yeah, it's, it's a little crazy and, and it's all, it can be overwhelming when you start thinking about it like that. Yeah, I don't think I would have made it through high school without, without sports. I was up here skating in Windsport. We're recording up here at Windsport and we're overlooking the rink. And um, when these rinks first opened, we were one of the first skating, figure skating groups to be up here, actually. That was probably the only reason I survived my last couple years of high school, yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest. So, yeah, I, I, that's a tough reflection for me to look back on. I remember in grade 12, I had five practices in one day. I would get up and go to a morning shoot with Grant McEwen, and then I would go to my high school and I'd play, we'd play the, it was basically like a Friday morning scrimmage, um, like pre-practice. And then after I had volleyball, and then I would go from volleyball to my spring league basketball game, and then I'd go from there to my soccer practice. That was like one That's some great scheduling. Thank you. Yes, it worked out really well. I think I was late for everything, and I think I was half asleep by the time I got to the last one. But But at least you're always warmed up from the last place you were. You never had to warm up. You just had to warm up the sports skill. And I was 16 at the time, so my body bounced back like that. It doesn't work like that anymore. (laughs) I'd be (laughs) way more trouble now. (laughs) In fact, that sounds like my absolute nightmare right now. But, yeah, like, that, that, it was my life. That's all I did. That's all I knew. Like, I didn't play video games. I didn't do, well, there wasn't a lot of other things for me to do at the time. So, I guess, what would you do? Just study more? Be better at school? Oh, yeah, that could have been an option <laughs> as well. But uh. I needed the sports as a hook to go to class because the coaches would know if you were there, right? So oh, yeah. hey, you can't come out to practice. You weren't in English class this afternoon. So You're disciplinary. It, actually, it needed, right? I needed the extra motivation. Ca- um, accountability. Yeah, exactly. That. See, and I was the opposite. I, was at, I went to school at Mount Royal University, and in my last two years, I was racing internationally. Um, wasn't quite on the national team yet, but I was racing internationally. And I actually had the opposite. It was like... I had to convince my profs to let me leave because I'm like, sorry, I just got selected to go to World Junior Championships. I'm going to have to miss three weeks of my first semester or my last semester of my degree. And rolling into class three weeks uh, into that last semester and half the class looked at me, who's that girl? Mm -hmm. And I had a few friends in the class that had gotten all my notes and sat down next to them. And they're like, here's everything you missed. But so I was the opposite. I was like, so the sooner I can get out of here and get to sliding, the better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be tough. Um, My other question is, uh, for kids sport, what, based on the amount of need, um, and how many, how often are we able to support every single person that applies to the program? I think that's one of the things that attracted me to, um, we've been fortunate here in Calgary for well over a decade to never have to say no, um, to anyone that, uh, has required our assistance. So every child, so last year, 5,717 kids, uh, that qualified for registration fees, um, received funding from us, so almost $1.8 million went out to minor sports community here to support those kids. And then another 3,000 kids got uh, no-cost equipment um, through the equipment bank. Um, so it's, yeah, really amazing to see, you know, from 92 kids the first year to now almost 6,000 and and the ability for 
this organization, um, you know, one of our past board members always says it is I love what I love about kids sport is you guys are always punching above your weight class. You're, <laughs> you're always in the ring with the heavyweight champ and you guys manage to get it done every time. And, and I think that's sport connects with so many that, um, finding the families that need us is priority one. And we'll go out and find the money after that and make sure that we're not going to say no. I think for sure you guys punch above your weight. Cause when I see the events we show up at and, they're so well done and you guys have such a small team. It's so impressive when you would think there's a hundred of you in that office. We are done behind, the scenes, behind yeah. the scenes, but it's really this small core, awesome team that, that you have. So it's, it's really quite impressive. How many people total are on the team? We have uh, five and a half currently <laughs> um, with, with the combined teams. We are six uh, full-time staff. Uh, one's part-time right now. Um, so we're, we were always kind of three and three and and now the coming together the other kind of benefit of it is just creating some more capacity amongst us and just ability to give staff more experiences kelly's here today she's kind of taking the lead in the background um, of the podcast she does all our marketing and uh, website and social media stuff and anyone that's kind of followed that in the last eight to ten months would see the the improvement because it's definitely not um, something I uh, hold a lot of skills in and uh, and Kelly's done an amazing job and for the rest of the team then to learn from each other and see what she's doing and um, see how we can you know use that to amplify other things we're doing it's it's really great to have a team that small because it's easy to see what everyone's doing and and to help each other and pick each other up and when it's event time it's kind of a nice uh, chance to get away from your desk and um, get everyone out to uh, all our events are a ton of fun. Um, there, you know, there's no black tie galas. <laughs> not that they're not fun, but Brian Burke's targets for kids, or wing off, or the excellent adventure, or the old school playoff pool, or pizza pig out. Like their t- iconic turkey bowl. Like th- they are fun. They're, there's so no doubt about fun. it. So, so yeah. Fun. yeah, yeah. I know tons of people who actually go to events who are Calgary native, and like they, I'd see them at there, and they're like, I've been coming to this for years, and now I'm there being an ambassador. And um, I'm, it just makes me happy to see that there are so many people that I guess I associate with because I like to think that I associate with great people. But <laughs> um, that, that are, everybody seems to know who Kidsport is and they're really involved with it. Um, my next question about that it would be, do you think that the biggest form of fundraising comes from the events that Kidsport puts on or do you think it's from donors individually? Uh, our events would be our biggest percentage. We're close to 40% of our revenues and in non-COVID years come from uh, yeah. events. Um, but it's an area we need to strengthen in terms of just long-term sustainability. We need to do more with the corporate community in terms of year-over-year um, year, um, donations that we can count on, as well as individual donors, uh, monthly donors that you know are just regular revenue that will come in on a regular basis. And, and part of that just goes with, you know, 25 years is a long time, but um, in our case, um, and we said this at an event last year, I, I've always kind of framed it as we're, we're still the lemonade stand, um, you know, doing the fundraising at, you know, a dollar here and 50 cents. Um, and we're now have 25 years of history, um, and a great deal of trust in our community, uh, that we're ready to, to go bigger and start to amplify that. Uh, we launched a major gift campaign last December that, uh, was extremely successful. We generated 15 new donors out of out of that event, and that gave us a platform uh, to c- continue to do more of that. Um, and it's part of it was we never asked um, at that level, but part of it we weren't ready. 
um, and it just takes some time. And you know, last year, the merger, the 50,000 kids on a kid sports side, and 15,000 kid milestone on the equipment bank side, um, we were ready. And and now we've got that history and the trust of our community, and and a great brand uh, with so many well-connected um, people that that love what we're doing. It becomes an easier story. Is it scary to be kind of like moving up a weight class in a sense of punching, you know, going up and going after those major donors as an organization, or is it, or was it just a natural transition? Uh, yeah, it is scary. We we talked about it for a couple of years, and it you know it just took Rob Kerr's here helping us with this. Um, he was involved in it. Um, some of our board members, um, Peter and Jeremy and Shauna and Al Coates. Um, it, it really took a a new group, a new of voices, um, some new connections, um, and just we had to set a date. We planned an event, we set a date, and we had to commit to it. Um, and once we were there, it was pretty easy. But yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think it was new to everyone. Um, but but not only was it you know new to us, it was new to the donors to be in front of us. So that was a huge opportunity. And we're going to learn a ton from those donors. They're going to give us feedback. They're they're the founders of our our major gift campaign. They're now, you know, part of our voice. They're going to help educate us on a staff side in terms of how we should interact with them, how we should be stewarding those relationships, um, and and hopefully opening doors to making the next ask that much easier to, through their contacts and relationships. I mean, for sure, Calgary is so so small and so interconnected that those networking pieces are so key here. My next question was going to be about how COVID has affected fundraising this year. So we haven't had to have any of our fun events. We've missed the, I was devastated about the targets for kids. I was too. I was sitting at home and Kevin posted on LinkedIn (laughs) that it was supposed to be the day and it was, that was my first event as an ambassador. So I was very sad to have all my Facebook memories be. I was practicing for it. I was getting ready for it this year. I was going to hit those targets and actually know how to hold a gun properly. So I was devastated for that one. But And like all, and all the other ones too. I mean, so this is the time of year that we'd have Pizza Pig Out. You want to talk a little bit about that one? Yeah, and I think where we're headed with the Pizza Pig Out is, you know, where we have to start to get creative with, you know, a lot of the events that we've had Um Obviously, we don't know what the future holds, so as some of those ones come up on the calendar next year, we'll have to see uh, what's doable. Targets for Kids maybe um, has the most opportunity because it's one of our few outdoor uh, events, and there's good spacing amongst all those fields. Go figure. Um, Guns and spacing. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> yeah, and, th- you know, that's like that event's, like, w- one of the funnest because everyone other than a few of you know the sharpshooters like chris cedarstrand that was showing off and (laughs) riley riley too last year was really great um but most people it's pretty even playing ground right like like you said alicia you come and you're not sure but the volunteers that are here teach you how to hold it and the right way to aim and help you adjust um but to see that you know 150 people come together with 30 athletes celebrities um and the networking that happens at that event that's really kind of at the purest form why kid sports able to continue to do what we do because every one of those events not only raises great funds but it makes so many connections and and we never you know can fully tell and i know contact tracing is a very popular word uh words these days um but that is how kid sports used all these events you know if we look at the the web 
of contacts that it's created and someone, oh yeah, I was at this event or my neighbor was at this event and you know, my kid's hockey team's now doing a fundraiser and we picked you guys because we know more about you. Um, so that's probably what we miss the most with the events. There's you know, definitely a, a revenue impact. We were probably 40 plus events that we've lost in terms of either hosting ourselves or that people were going to host um, on behalf of us um, from March till till now. Um, so we need to, you know, get going again. And the Pizza Pig Out's kind of going to be our, our next kind of step into that. We're going to flip the script a little bit this year rather than um, people all piling into Cowboys and going through the troughs, as they're called, um, maybe not exactly COVID-friendly. Um, so we're, we're going to push people to order as much pizza as they can in a two-week window and really give back to all those small businesses, uh, local businesses, restaurants, and our sponsors um, for that event to remind them the importance the role they play for kids sport, but just in the community in general and, and use the platform to continue to tell the kids sport story. Um, it's not going to be a huge fundraiser. We'll use it to promote a uh, back to sport auction we have on the go right now, but the, the goal really is to just amplify our story and, and continue to tell that story and remind people the importance sports going to play in kids' lives as, as sport returns. And as, you know, our society eventually gets through this, um, the critical role sport, the sport community is going to play in a, in a child's life isn't going to change. So, Do you have any good stories that, you, that stand out to you from um, one of our, like, most recent events, which would be over a year ago? But <laughs> Yeah, um, let's see. I, I think one of the stories that stands out from maybe pizza pig out um it was probably year one or two for me um and it was one of our ambassadors um he's not as actively involved today but eldrin soriano uh local kid grew up um here in calgary as a boxer uh he came to kid sport to see how he could help out as kid sport um, was the one who got him involved in sport. He was tells the story as oh, he was nice. wow. uh, an over, overweight um, kid in high school and didn't really kind of know his path yet and, and how to, you know, make sure he was, you know, as we were talking about, going to class and doing the things he needed to. And it was the football coach who um, told his mom about kid sport and, and got him involved. And, and uh, now he's a competitive boxer trying to... Uh, box professionally um and kid sports you know a big part of that story and why he wanted to give back so he was in the pizza eating contest um those are always great stories we've seen uh, our ambassadors uh, win the titles uh, of the pizza eating championship a couple times Uh, we've had recent um, player from the calvary fc Nico Pasquati, who's dominated that the last couple of years, which uh, hasn't made it fair. I think his Italian <laughs> heritage has uh, given him an advantage of uh, he was bred downing to eat pizza. pizza. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you know of targets for kids. The first year, you know, Rob Kerr, um, again, kind of leading this podcast for us, um, came to me and said, "Hey, we got to do this." The Flames Foundation had done it a couple of years prior. They weren't going to do it anymore. They're happy to kind of pass the torch to to us um he approached brian burke uh, brian burke was in from day one brian's attended four years in a row would have attended this year um and i'm sure he'll be back next year um but to see yeah just that event kind of grow and and all the great stories coming from that and see some of the people who won it like chris cedarstrand or brian mcgratton um that you know shooting's not their 
background. It's not what they do regularly, but to see them turn their regular athletic uh, prowess into um, skills that they can sharpshooters utilize in the gun range for clay shooting is pretty impressive. Um, the, uh, the smack top talk for that event starts like months early between all the ambassadors in our WhatsApp group. It's all about who's going to beat Chris this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe Grace and Alicia, you guys have been part of that from the get-go, but I'm not in the WhatsApp group, but I hear about it uh, many times for our ambassadors. And this, you know, one of the reasons for this podcast is really to give our ambassadors a voice and to see you guys leading the charge here and um, to utilize this platform um, is so cool because our ambassadors are honestly, and I've said this many, many times, but some of the best people I've ever had the chance to meet and and a huge part of what kids sports able to do, but even more than that, a huge part of our community with the work you guys do for so many um, great organizations and giving back. Um, But to see this group start to build from late in 2014 when we first had the idea to kind of get it more formalized um, to now hear of you know potluck dinners and a whatsapp chat maybe you can enlighten me a little bit because I I, uh, don't see those firsthand so I mean I definitely have a little bit of FOMO on the road like last year too when they're talking everyone's sending pictures from the pizza pig out and I was sitting in my room in Whistler um, just going through our selections and I was like I could be eating pizza right now with all my friends, but this is the choice I've made to be in Whistler and do my sport. But, uh, but I've been on the other end of that too, where at Targets for Kids, we're sending videos of Chris shooting and there are people that aren't there. But um, I mean, have you participated in any of the trash talk in that WhatsApp group? Oh, 100%. When we did the, the, the Hitman Home opener and we did the, the Ambassador Challenge, we were talking smack about, well, first of all, we were nominate, we were pre-nominating who we think would be the best ice cream eater and, and uh, could handle the brain freeze the most. And, yeah, it was just a lot of trash talk about always, you know, there's nothing on the line for us, but we're also competitive being high-level athletes that it's, uh, it's a nonstop. And, the, and they're actually, we were supposed to have a Kidsport Ambassador kind of little barbecue at Cedar Strand's house this year. And... Um, one of the other ambassadors was in contact with someone who had been around COVID, but they, we just decided as a group that it was probably smarter that, you know, we did our part as well and we're good community leaders and not had a big um, ambassador bash. <laughs> It'll have to wait till 2021. But yeah. I mean, yeah, the home opener was kind of the big, when we were put on teams, I think it was the first year of the Hitman home opener and we were put on teams and we had to sell tickets. It was like, it was big there was a lot of trash talk around team one versus team two and like you lost you lost your event and I think there was like a series over the night and it was like devastating for your team that you lost and I remember too because like a lot of us um are athletes and and the athlete population in Calgary is the winter I should say the winter sport athlete population in Calgary is very well connected between pretty much every sport and just looking back at the um 2018 Olympics we had 225 athletes that went to the Olympics and of them I think 109 were based out of Calgary so um, a lot of uh, high level athletes we all kind of seem to know each other and if we don't know each other personally we know each other by name and and a lot of us do volunteer and and with kids sports so um, just we're all really well connected and when we have things going on and we just make sure that we're touching base on that and and how competitions are going and stuff too. Yeah, I mean, there's no group that will chirp you harder than anyone else of your friends, but then will turn around and be your biggest fan. Like, um, I know for sure that some of the some of the other ambassadors, and I, Michaela Widmer comes to mind, who's mm-hmm. also been a mentor, friend, and coach mm-hmm. in my sport. Um, 
has been awesome to be. There's no one who will give me, she will dish it, but then when like push <laughs> comes to shove, she's my biggest fan in my corner uh, in terms of that she's like co- my coach and my friend. So um, it's a pretty special group. And, and like you said, when we don't necessarily know someone and you go to an event, you know, there's at least one person that knows them for sure that like better than the rest of everyone. And they introduce them to everyone. And within like, it's like magic within 15 minutes, you're joking with them. Like you've known them forever. I think it's, I think it's really awesome. We're such an accepting group. I mean, we've been so lucky. Yeah. I'd say so lucky and, and so happy that kids for it has been an outlet that we have been able to use our platform and, and hopefully make the difference in, in what mission that we're really passionate about as well. So it's pretty cool that we've had those opportunities. Yeah, thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> no problem. I, I hear maybe Trish might be a little bit tough as the moderator of the WhatsApp, though there's specific rules. Oh, and, she is. If yeah. you start posting stuff in there that isn't directly related to a kid's sport event, she will post the rule book on you and shut you down. Only reply <laughs> if you have something, if it's, a ye- if it's a yes or no. Like Sometimes it'll be like, reply if you are coming, and people will be like, I'm busy, I'm busy. And she's like, it's yes or nothing, <laughs> which I mean, we, sometimes we need to be wrangled. She, she's provided very good ground rules for I that. And I think she's been the, yeah. like she started it, I think. So, I mean, she had clear set rules and if you join it, then you had to abide by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And that group's grown so like. It has. Yeah, and, and everyone, like the characters of each and every one of you guys is like community, just genuinely great people. Um, yeah, and, and I'm fortunate to have the chance to be around all you guys, but our you know our community is better because of the effort you guys all put in in terms of giving back, and kids sports just uh, fortunate to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. You guys have provided us an opportunity to be able to actually have action, like to actionable items to do stuff in the community. I feel like sometimes you're like, great, I want to do all this stuff, but you don't necessarily know how to do it. And don't so the outlet for it. Yeah, the outlet for it. That's the right word. And uh Definitely the kids board events have, for me, been a big jumping off point to be like, oh, I can make a difference in my community and this is how I can do it. And uh, my family had a big kick out of the Targets for Kids when I was listed as a celebrity. Uh, I think they ran around and they're like, you're a celebrity. And I was just like, oh, I can't believe I showed this to you guys. Yeah, Yeah, we're pretty lucky. All right, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us for our conversation today and being our first guest. Guest extraordinary, you set the bar pretty high, so I hope any de- guests that we have bringing on soon, they know that they ha- better have a better story. Um, my favorite part about today is your resume is so extensive, but at the top of the list, mascot. That was my new fun fact that I didn't necessarily know about you, and uh, you've now replaced Gritty as my favorite mascot. <laughs> Talent. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, was, uh, it was actually a key piece to me getting an interview with uh, Hockey Canada because it was on my resume at the time. So um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a talking point for sure. So. Okay. Well, hopefully see you a little bit more often, but more virtually we'll continue this. But uh, everyone stay safe and stay healthy. And thanks again for joining us. Thanks again. Bye. This podcast is provided in part by Sport Calgary, partners of Kids Sport Calgary. Sport Calgary, tired of searching dozens of websites for local sports events? Visit www.sportcalgary.ca and find hundreds of local events, everything from community gatherings to summer camps to tournaments.